previously on Box Cutters. But it is the Queen's birthday long weekend. It is the Queen's birthday long weekend. Can we do live from the Queen's it's, birthday it's not, long weekend? It's not live, though. Are we? No, we, we tape this. Uh, apart we take from this the, and then, the live video podcast. This is, this is, no, hang on, this is on the radio, isn't it? No, no. What's no. this on? This is so we record this. Yeah. Then John Richards edits it. Yeah. Okay. And then on Thursday morning at five o'clock. Where does it go? It just it just gets put on the uh, on the internet. Oh, I'm out. And then oh. <laughs> that's sorry. Did, sorry. Uh, did you tell Dave that it was a radio show, Brett? When you first asked him in the, I was I was non-specific. Right. I'll admit that. I had to break some news to you. No one he, listens or watches the internet. Yeah, uh, how's Dave's shit show going? <laughs> on the internet? Yeah. <laughs> no, no one's no, watching no it. One's, <laughs> no, one's, no one's watching it. No, no one's watching it. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 343. It's funny because it's room temperature. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Dave Lawson. Hello. You you almost just waved then. Special wave for the video <laughs> anyway, podcast. All you did, all you, there is there is no video podcast. That person is Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. No one can see see you wave at all. This episode of Box Cutters, we're uh, going to talk about Banshee, uh, a show from the US that uh, Dave Lawson brought to our attention. Mm, yeah. uh, we're also going to uh, review the book, or I'm going to review the book. The others are just going to listen patiently. Uh, the, tele- the, the revolution was televised. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. We've got one thing. Ben McKenzie is in wearing a hat. Yes, I am, Josh. What uh, what, what do you call that? Uh, tonight I'm wearing a stovepipe. Oh. Stovepipe. That, so that is that is taller than a top hat. Much taller. It's a, it's a top hat style, but a taller, Mate. taller hat. Did everyone have a, a good week, Ben? You've, you've spent uh, all weekend uh, on the Continuum Doctor Who panels. That's true. Did you do every single Doctor Who panel that there was? I did, in fact. Which I think is is sort of payback for the fact that I always ask to be on Doctor Who panels. The previous couple of years, I've been going to the convention, and I always ended up on either none or just one. And this year, they said, "No, you could be on all of them." And by the time I realised how many that was, it was a bit too late to say maybe maybe not all of them. But they were all good. They were all good fun. Did either of you uh, either of you present anything, uh, Brett, Dave? No. Can, continue. It's Queen's, is it because of the Queen's birthday long weekend? It's not even a birthday. Yeah. Yeah, well, Which it's Queen. Well, it's to celebrate like the s- Queen, science, science, and speculative fiction. So, oh. why not have it on a fictional birthday, long weekend? As always, though, we're going to kick things off with the box cutters news. J.J. Abrams. Remember him? I remember him. him. Yep. yep. Lost. He's, uh, uh. Yeah, he, he did the, the first episode of Lost. He, uh, he uh, did Alias mm-hmm. uh, uh, and, uh, and, and Felicity. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, then some Star Trek thing. I don't know. Not for yep. yep. A mission. He did an episode of Mission Impossible, I think. So is my understanding. An episode? Yeah. The TV yeah. show? Uh, no, I think it was in... I can't remember. He did something with Mission Impossible, I think the Tom Cruise one. All oh, right, yeah. Whatever. JJ yeah. Abrams, you might know, you might know him from from stuff. Mm. He's, he's been around the track. He's probably done stuff that you've heard of. Anyway, he has uncovered a Rod Serling unproduced screenplay called The Stops Along the Way. And he is going to make it for television. 
a screenplay as a, as a potential Twilight Zone type show I, that well, you wrote? Or? Well, Serling did a show after uh, after the Twilight Zone. I, I don't know uh, what this was it, for. It has a bit of a ring, the title, uh, similar to the Twilight Zone shows. It it does it does I think this might be a mini series or it might be produced as as a, a mini series. I'm just excited that Rod Serling. I think that's a really good mix. I think J.J. Abrams understands uh, understands television really well. Mm-hmm. He is he is a uh, a good. He has a great sense for the pace that the medium needs, especially at, at this time in in the world. Rod Serling. Probably one of the greatest television minds to ever live. I think the combination could be amazing or could be a disappointment to fans of both. Mm. So we shouldn't expect too much. I don't think and that so. way we have potential to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Eastbound and Down. Three great series mm-hmm. of Eastbound and Down. Dave, did you, uh, have you ever watched? I watched the first series, thought it was great. Three series, excellent. Mm. That third season. Brett, I can't remember if you enjoyed it, you didn't enjoy it. I didn't. Well, it's stockpiled. I haven't got through season two as yet. Come come the apocalypse, you're going to be the entertainment I'm going to have so much time to be able to watch all that stuff. You know that Twilight Zone episode about Burgess Meredith just wanting all the time in the world to read? Yes. And then that horrible thing happens to him at the end. Yeah. Raped by zombies. Don't don't spoil it, please, Josh. Raped by zombies. Josh. So We're going to get letters. We're going to get letters. It is a surprise ending. To, uh, to no. I don't, are we allowed to do spoilers for a show that is From fifty years old? Fifty nine, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. I think so. Oh, we, yeah, we're yeah, allowed you to can do them. We're allowed to yeah, do that. It, it would have anyway, been done on the Simpsons. Soon. Yeah. Anyway, so he uh, so he wants to he wants to read the books, and mm-hmm. it turns out they're all made from people and. <laughs> So you you know don't that's not it, Josh. Don't hold back. Don't hold back, Brett. I think that's I think that's dangerous. Anyway, Eastbound and Down, which I'm a huge fan of, and I thought three seasons and that third season ended so perfectly that I was sure that was the end of the story. Apparently, there is a fourth season Mm. that uh, is premiering on September 29th Mm -hmm. in uh, in in the US and. Uh, that will be the last season ever produced for HBO. They just wanted to, down. to come back and disappoint you. That, Pr- probably you was it cancelled? Uh, well, yeah. H- HBO has uh, has. Uh, oh, hang on. No, sorry, I, I got that wrong. HBO expressed interest in continuing the series beyond the fourth, but uh, Danny McBride uh, and uh, Will Ferrell and Jodie Hill were not as interested. They uh, they didn't want it, want it to continue. They wanted it to finish. Mm-hmm. And I think things finishing is is good for television, having an end date. So I, I thought that if they had ended it at the end of the third season, that would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. The The problem is the, the television model is still about trying to make things as long as possible. I think the problem is they don't have ideas for stuff to take the place of the stuff that's on, so they'll just keep on... Riding that dead horse until it stinks up the place. Yeah, pr- probably. Although HBO has been doing a, a fair bit of, of comedy recently, they've got Veep, mm-hmm. uh, and they have which was uh, essentially from the UK idea. It's not a. It's not. Well, it's the same pe- a new idea. It's the same people yeah. pr- producing it yeah. and directing it, and 
uh, you know, Chris Morris directed an episode of Veep or two, and uh, it's, it's it's the same people, mm-hmm. the same people writing it, same people directing it. Mm. Uh, and Christopher Guest has a show called Family Tree, which uh, is running for the first time at the moment. Uh, and then uh, apparently Stephen Merchant has a a show on his own thing later this year. Yeah, uh, so that's. That's all going to be interesting, but no more Kenny Powers after this fourth season, which I think probably for the best. Good on them for for knowing to, when to quit, and I think that's a large part of it's a large part of comedy. I mean, I'm sure Ben McKenzie could tell us later on a, a thing or two. If he could just do a tight five on how jokes work, that would be uh, that 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 would be helpful. But I think getting out at the right time is is probably a, a large part of that, and that. Is the box cutters news? No, is this quiet around here? Well, let's stimulate the local economy. Next round's on me. <laughs> All right. All you tourists buying me drinks today. Not a tourist. My name is Lucas Hood. And come Monday, I'm being sworn in as the new sheriff. Congratulations. Or should we say good luck? Well, I'll take both. Thanks. I spent nine years as sheriff up in Church, Oregon. You ever heard of it? Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's the armpit of the West. This is my first day east. I drove clear across country. It's less to see than you think. But the sheriff had to be elected. Usually. But under certain circumstances, the mayor can bring in a ringer. He and Sheriff Morgan are the ones who hired me, so... I was looking forward to meeting him when I got here. Yeah, well, that'd be quite a trick since he died last Tuesday. Liver cancer. I think he thought he had more time. Your boss know you here? Don't worry about him. You know the drill. So what you just heard there was clearly new sheriff in town. And then uh, footsteps, door opens, two men come in, point a gun at the barkeep. And uh, and they want they want to take the till. This is a show called Banshee, which uh, airs on Cinemax in the US, which I didn't even know was a thing. Mm. Apparently it's, a, it's an HBO subsidiary. And uh, and they do a lot of uh, a, a, a lot of film stuff as well. Mm-hmm. It's one of their first few uh, original stories, I think. Uh, but they've been they've been around since nineteen eighty. They've been around for a long time. Really? Yeah, apparently. Yep. Uh, and uh, anyway, everything goes horribly wrong. The sheriff gets killed. The guy who said congratulations is an ex-con who has been in prison for fifteen years. Has gotten out that very day. Gone into this bar for a drink. Found out there's a new sheriff. The sheriff gets killed. He takes on the sheriff's per- uh, identity. Because, of course, he's driven across the country. No one knows what this new sheriff is supposed to look like, so it's perfect, isn't it? It is. And the, uh, and, and the ex-con wants to be in this town, Banshee, in Pennsylvania, because his ex-girlfriend lives there. She's married to the DA. They did a diamond heist together and, uh, and ripped off, uh, ripped off a, a man who is a big New York uh, crime lord. All of this, formerly from Ukraine. Oh well, that doesn't that doesn't get explained in the first. He's uh... got an accent. Well, he's got an accent. Mm. Could be. Yeah, any you Balkan. can tell he's bad because he's got Balkan. an accent. Yeah, any any Balkan. Uh, it's not clear that he's Ukrainian. Anyway, uh, 
All of this is in easily the first 15 minutes. It's a very, very complicated first 15 minutes. The rest of it, fairly simple, straightforward, pulp storylines. And and this is very much pulp brought to the screen. And that's that's made obvious by... Uh, if if you were in the US and you saw all the poster art for it, the poster art is made to look like a, a pulp novel. That's basically what what they do. And I, I didn't realise that. I was watching it going, well, it's a bit pulpy. And, uh, and then started doing some, some research on it. It is very much a, a pulp novel. There is uh, the overt, overt sex in it, overt violence, uh, basically things there to keep you interested. If anything doesn't happen for three minutes, they have done their job badly. <laughs> that's right. That's the, that, that's the nature of Banshee. Dave Lawson, you brought this to our attention. Well, it, yeah, it came across my desk... I don't have a desk. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just, it was just, I just sitting wanted, in the kitchen. Do, for a minute, I wanted to have a desk. It. I wanted to have a desk in an office, and someone brings stuff and puts it across my <laughs> desk in my office. But I don't have either. It, it came to me on a thumb drive, um, and I, look, I watched the first one. I was, I really enjoyed it. Um, I liked uh, who plays Anth- Anthony Starr, who plays the not straightaway dead sheriff, the star of the show. Anthony Starr, you might have if you've seen Outrageous Fortune. The New Zealand show. New Zealand show. He's in that. He plays ah. the twins in that. Oh, right. Uh, so he's a New Zealand actor, and he's gone over there, and I think he does a great job. He's also in Lowdown, se- uh, second series of Lowdown with... Is he one of, the, one of the guests? I think he's a rival. He's a ri- yeah, guest rival. Oh, journal. he's the rival journo. Yeah. Right. Uh, so he's he- a much worse person in this show. He's- like his, his, his character is, is much... Like, he... He does. He does a lot of bad things. He does show. a lot of bad things, but he does mean a little bit. Well. No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He wants to break up a woman's ma- marriage. Tr- actually, that's true. He wants to break up a woman, woman's marriage. Get the diamonds that he stole. That he double stole. Yeah, and has learned how to handle himself pretty well. He knows how to fight. Not just one guy. Not just two. Four. Guys. Four guys he can fight. Or, <laughs> or <laughs> more. Or one. Uh, well, we've, we've seen him fight four guys yeah. at once, uh, and we've also seen him fight one professional fighter because he also knows how to fight dirty. Yes, that's true. And uh, and yeah, and he's he's not he's not afraid of fighting dirty and sexing dirty. <laughs> that's true. There is a lot of sexing it's dirty a in there. A lot of sexing dirty. There is a lot of look. One, th- there are there are two sex scenes in the first half hour of this show. And uh, one of them is is like five minutes of cunnilingus, mm. and I say good on them because you hardly ever see it, it was it was the joke in an episode of of Sopranos that uh, that cunnilingus ex- exists, but you never see men in positions of of power, like say for example a district attorney, mm-hmm. uh, d- doing doing a whole bunch of cunnilingus. Which is that's the technical term for it, mm. a whole bunch, and I think that's that's good. That is that is good to see. That is good for the young people to see that this is a thing that is done. <laughs> it's refreshing. However, five minutes I think is probably a bit much. Mm. It, it, but it, it might not it actually be just five minutes. It, feels it, was, it was her fantasies and stuff that were going along at the time. Yeah, I find a lot is completely unnecessary in this show. But it shows how torn she is between her, her loving husband it who, is, who'll go down on her and, and her ex that she hasn't seen for 15 she's years. She's not that torn. He's not that good. 
She's not that torn. No one. There is. So my big problem with this is there is no one redeemable in this show whatsoever. I think he does a good job of it too. He's believable. Sometimes you see these shows and you go, mm, I like. I think this has got some good fight scenes in it as well. It, it does. It has some great. It they're has pretty, some great fight pretty, scenes. It's they're, they're pretty gruesome too. It is. It is one of the most gratuitous shows I've seen in a long time. He he doesn't seem to go home any day without cuts to his face. <laughs> That's true. Uh, which is probably explains why he uh, he is always unshaven as well. Maybe he just has an uncuttable face. Because he's this is this is a man who won't shave for a funeral. Mm. <laughs> like he just he'll, he's, cl- he'll clipper he'll clipper. He won't he won't shave. <laughs> he wears a sheriff's department t shirt. Basically, it's not a proper shirt. It's not even a proper shirt. Yeah. He's he's like he's like a bad Vic Mackey, and Vic Mackey was a bad guy. <laughs> right? He uh, it, it's 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 fun. Mm. It is it is a fun show. It's not for me. I've watched nine out of ten episodes, and that was a while ago. So I haven't got round to the last. Are you just you're just holding off? <laughs> well, I just haven't gone back. I did enjoy the night, and I think I binged on the nine. Probably did them in about two days, two nights. Yeah, du- double sitting. Uh, and then you yeah, haven't gone back. I might go back and see what happens. How but many apps did you watch, Josh? Uh, three. I, I, I watched. I, I watched the first. And the, the first th- three. The third one wasn't satisfying for you. I, I thought that it was. It was kind of. It was. This very much did fall into the rule of, of three for box cutters reviews, where where the first couple of episodes were just getting getting all the shit together, and then the third one was where it actually started running, and then into the fourth and fifth it was actually good fun. The first two were like torture for me. Firstly, I, I, I hate I, I hate a, a gunfight in a crowded street. I think that's that that is always always ridiculous. And uh, seeing innocent people get get killed, it's very hard for me to be on the side of anybody involved in that in that scenario. It's really interesting how much of a, a maverick he is, and he, he'll just take his his sheriff's t shirt off and and go in and beat. Up all the bounces and all that sort of stuff, and there's there's no there's no chief of police that's going to come down like a, a ton of bricks on his head if he's if he's you know breaking regulations and all that sort of stuff. But his deputies aren't really sure how to how to go along with it. It does beg a belief somewhat um, that that nobody's actually questioning it really that that has any authority to be able to to put him back in his place. Episode three ends on a cliffhanger, and I did find myself wanting to know how that affects the story. But then I reminded myself of how boring the first three episodes were for me. And like that there's there's a fight scene in the third episode that is fantastic. That is it, it is bloody and difficult and very Hollywood as opposed to the excellent fight scene in season two or no season three of Deadwood. So three uh, three was uh, the one with the MMA Yes. Third, yep. Mm. Yep. Yes. Uh, which is that's Muay Thai or uh, uh, mixed, martial, mixed arts. martial arts uh, champion of the world comes to do a, a fight at uh, at the, the local casino, uh, but he is also just uh, too rapey. And uh, sheriff if won't stand for that. Sh- sheriff will not stand. Well, I think he would stand for uh, the rape, but not the beatings. Mm. I think that's that's where that's where he crossed the line into. Where this sheriff's ethics so you, fall. Also, Josh, you didn't get to the parts where how how he became this crazy fighter in prison. Have you? you didn't they, did they have any of the flashbacks in the first? They had three? they had a couple of flashbacks in the third one of this uh, this this giant guy with a bald head, right? Uh, 
And so, no, I didn't, I didn't get up to that. But I, I assume, like, I've watched enough Oz to assume that if you're going to survive in prison, if you're going to survive in prison with that pretty a face, you, uh, you better learn how to fight. Mm. There was, there were, they did take the opportunity to do some, some pretty shots of him doing chin-ups and yeah. getting all the, the rippling back muscles and all that sort of stuff. A little bit like the salmon run in Arrow. Uh, and there's, uh, you know, and there's slutty Amish girls. Women come across very poorly in this, well, in this well, series. Basically, all the show, two of them. In this show, they're, they're either cops, they're crims, like hardcore crims, or they're just white trash. They're complete white trash if they're not cops or crims. Um, and, and so, being white trash, the women will just throw themselves at, at this guy. There's, yeah, th- so women are not treated very well by the, by the characters, but they're also uh, not treated very well by the script. But nobody, nobody comes across golden in, in this show. The performances are good, though. There's nothing, mm. you know, I didn't cringe at any of the performances. I thought it was, I thought it was enjoyable. I think it does what it does very well. Mm. It, it is just not for me. So, it's finished its run on Cinemax. Just 10 episodes. Uh, 10 episodes and has been renewed for another 10 episodes for next year. I was just on this, after I'd binged on it for yep. t- two, two nights, I was across the road at the, the Lomond Hotel across the road here from Triple R and there was a guy called, causing a bit of trouble and it flashed through my head. Oh. I, could, I could probably sort this out. Unfortunately, the police turned up and um, capsicum sprayed him. How many but, chin-ups can you do, Dave? <laughs> None. But in my head, I was like, I think I can. That's one. One guy. That's, this is the danger with these shows. You, if you binge on them, you start to think you can. It, that it's real life. <laughs> it's real life. I was going to kick him through the doors. And then you realized, I realized he had a bag of broken glass and he was swinging that at the police. I got a bit of pepper spray in my mouth as well. Oh, tasty. On your steak? <laughs> it, could go, it would go well on a steak. A whole, um, a face full of it's not, and I only copped a little bit of, just a peppering of it. So this is this, this is this brings us to, to an interesting an interesting point. You know, Glenn is very much against all the all the violence in these shows and thinks that uh, what the shows don't do is encourage us to think about the innocent people who have been killed or injured. Mm. Uh, but you're also saying, Dave, that these shows can. Make like if if you weren't as thoughtful as you are mm. as as a human, uh, that you might uh, y- you might actually have run in and thought, well, I can do this because yeah. I saw a guy on TV. I'm sure show. I'm sure it does happen a lot when people and people don't realise that some of the punches they throw, you don't get back up from from that with a little scratch on your face. Sometimes you don't get up at all. The, the forgetting that it's fiction, yeah. that part that gets into your because because I've had this as well with. Uh, playing video games where I have to drive yes. around very fast and then I have to drive afterwards. Uh, it takes a lot of concentration to not drive very fast. and, mm. uh, and then, Or on the correct side of the road. Or on the correct side of the road and then, <laughs> and then pimp my way out of trouble. So is my understanding of that game. And the, uh, I wonder how much it affects... Like, what, what did you think? There, there is a guy in the, in the gunfight right at the beginning of the show... Uh, there's there's a guy on a motorcycle uh, who his motorcycle is stolen from him. He stands up, c- getting off the motorcycle, and is shot square in the face. Did that affect either of you? I don't remember that. I don't know that particular no, scene. Sir, no. no. Right. So, so I'm guessing. <laughs> oh yes, I do. Yeah, because yeah, because the baddies were trying to get him. Uh, I think I think this is I think this is a this is the bad part of. Uh, of these of these shows that the innocent people are killed 
and no one really cares. Mm. No one really cares unless it's a state senator's son, mm-hmm. and they can make a they can make a case out of it. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Nothing else seems to 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 happen after it. I find. I, so I find all of that a little bit, a, a little bit oh, annoying. There, and I, there I, is I, so I much f- here that, that I, I actually find it upsetting now. I, I used to not, and Glenn, Glenn is very, very much a, a, against that. Uh, and we'll be reviewing Hannibal in a few weeks, and uh, uh, I've only seen the first episode of that. But you know that that gets that that gets a bit much. Maybe I'm just more sensitive to it now in my it's older not, age. It's not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. Anyway, that's Banshee Cinemax. There will be a season two. Uh, you can uh, have someone give it to you on a thumb drive, apparently. Or get yourself a desk. Hi, I'm Adam Zwa. You might recognise my voice from ads for Ford, Australia Post and HBA. Or maybe from the phone calls I make to your house late at night. That's right. I make phone calls to your house late at night. I'm Adam Zwa. And you're listening to Box Cutters. So I, I received a, a gift in the mail a couple of weeks ago. A gift? Uh, a gift. A gift sent to me. Mm-hmm. Sent to me via the air in a plane. Email. Yes. Uh, came to me and it is uh, written by a TV critic uh, named Alan Seppenwall, who a lot of people are, are familiar with. He uh, did work for the Newark Star-Ledger in New Jersey and uh, has a, a blog on hitfix.com called yep. What's Alan Watching? Mm-hmm. He's written this book called The Revolution Was Televised, The Cops, Crooks, Slingers and Slayers Who Changed TV Drama Forever. A, a couple of years ago, basically after the last episode of Lost went to air, I thought, well, that's... you know, Disappointing. On box... No, I really liked it, Brett. I really liked that. Uh, the... You, you know, the... Um, box cutters did the golden age of, of television. Yeah. Back in the day, it's before your time, Dave. But we did. We went through a whole lot of shows that, uh, from 1996 to about 2007, that we thought uh, defined the new golden age of television. Mm-hmm. Last episode of Lost went to air. Uh, the the end credits rolled on that, and I thought oh, this is actually the end. This this marks the end of the golden age of of television. We're now in a completely different age. Some people call it a silver age. I think it's just a, a post uh, a, a, a post age where we we're trying to find our feet. A dark age. It's not. A, it's, it's not. A, it's not a dark age. It's not a dark age. I think it's. I, I think it's a. It's a new age of of television where we've got the Netflix and uh, new models for watching, and Amazon have their their new shows starting. All the networks are on evening primrose primrose oil. Yes, sure, because of the new agey <laughs> new age, thing. Yeah, yeah, they're all rubbing crystals <laughs> yeah. on, on themselves. Yeah. So that's my understanding. Uh, and I, I wanted to write a book. I wanted to write a book about uh, the golden age of television and, and chronicling that. And never got the time, never had the, the resources to be able to do it. And now I don't have to because Alan Sevenwall has done that for me. He's, uh, his, his book, The Revolution Was Televised, is... A great summary of it doesn't go all the way back to 1996, but it does go back to the start of uh, HBO's really great TV dramas with Oz, uh, which is uh, at the at the uh, turn of the century, the end of end of last century. Oz started. Mm-hmm. He starts with a prologue, 
uh, about Hill Street Blues, NYPD Blue, all of these shows that uh, Twin Peaks, uh, all of these shows that kind of paved the way for a change in the way that we watch television, a better understanding of how stories are told, and maybe a better understanding of the novelization uh, of TV stories. Uh, which doesn't mean that that's the episode, that's like the Goonies book that you have at home that's based on the film. That's not that kind of novelization, <laughs> but the turning it more into the novel storytelling. You're going to read it for us for tonight. I'm going to read you the whole book, page one, starting now. Uh, goes through talks about the Sopranos and the Wire. There's a whole lot of HBO stuff in here, uh, and Deadwood. Then goes on to talk about the Shield and uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Battlestar Galactica, uh, Lost. Basically spends the entire book supporting my uh, my prejudice. That that was he the just, golden age. He just world. just confirming Lost. my prejudice. I, I love reading this book because every single thing he writes just confirms my existing prejudice. I read I read this book and I just yes yes that's entirely correct. That is that is one. Oh, you hit that nail on the head every time. Every every page turn, I go. I I'm told so you glad. So. I am so glad I didn't have to write this book because you've said it probably better, probably better. Uh, you you had access to to a lot more resources. You know a lot of the people that you're writing about and have uh, you know, interviewed David Greenwalt and Joss Whedon a number of times. Meanwhile, I'm some schmuck in Australia who's uh, has got a podcast and pretends to be important. Uh, so you're, you're doing you're doing very well, uh, Alan Stephenwall. I love this book so much. I cannot put it down. It is so exciting. Uh, I've just I, I finished the the chapter on Lost, and uh, each chapter it feels like I'm watching the show all over again. It does contain a lot of spoilers, so if you haven't seen these shows, I recommend watching them before reading the book. But like, watch them and then read the chapter about that book. Uh, sorry, the chapter about that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, every. Uh, Every page of the Deadwood chapter just evokes so much emotion from the show. He, he captures the, the concepts really, really well. So impressive. So impressive. He finishes a little bit later than I would finish. So if you wanted to read it, you can... Is it... Uh, if you don't get it sent to you, how do you get hold of a copy? Uh, I, I think you can... Well, you can order it through Internet. a local bookstore... Mm. Uh, I believe it it is available if you have a Kindle device or an, or an e-reader, and uh, you can also order it order it from overseas. I forget you can buy books on the internet. Yeah, don't don't forget. The book is called "The Revolution Was Televised." It is by Alan Seppenwall. Any any questions? Any questions? Any comments? Retail recommended retail recommended retail on the. Uh, uh, on the US cover, twenty four sixteen ninety nine US nineteen ninety nine Canadian. Couldn't couldn't buy the materials for that. <laughs> you couldn't make it for that. You couldn't you couldn't make it. For I that. don't think you could. I, I highly recommend it. It is a lot of fun to read, and uh, and basically, if you want to know what I think about a show, uh, anything in the first five chapters, read that. Can pretty much guarantee that I I agree with Alan Sevenwall loving it. Dave Lawson, if you're going to watch one thing this week, mm. what would that be? I'll tell you what I've been watching. We just touched, touched on this a bit before, before you turn the microphones on. Dirty Laundry Live. Have you seen this show? It's on ABC. <laughs> this is ABC2, which is a kid's 
show. So a kids' channel a kids during, channel during the day. During the day. Is there any other place in the world where it goes from um, in the night garden and giggle and hoot to a few hours later they just they talked about head jobs for about fifteen minutes on the show? Um, it's a live show, and it did seem a, does, did seem a little bit out of control last week. So I'll be tuning in to see where that one goes. It's lo- hosted by Lawrence Mooney, and it just talks about. New weekly sort of stuff. It's, yeah, they mm-hmm. they go through the magazines, big stories on the magazines, yeah. and it is. I don't know why they insist on it being a, a quiz show because they have a quiz. <laughs> I don't even think there's a winner at the end of it. <laughs> I, it's uh, it, what I do like about it though is that there is. It, it is someone's job to every time Lawrence says that is one point to you. It is someone's job to press a button that goes ding. <laughs> no points. He gave he gave someone four four points and they had to press the button four times. <laughs> and that was like that. That is your tax dollars at work. Well, I mean, this is, it is. I'm trying to think of other live TV shows that I'm in apart from say the project. But at the moment, there's no there's real. A, and Adam Hills, that's not live. I think what we discover that. So how long? So, so you you turn up. It records for half an hour and then you go. Oh, yeah, right? I did go to a re- taping of it. You went to a taping of uh, it. Yeah, I know, know someone who's involved and just said, can I come along? Uh, yeah, you turn up for about yeah, about an hour, you know, they give you lollies and have a chat. And uh, it was great. It's great fun to go to. This is, well, if, you, if you're interested, just get in contact with the ABC, I think, or give them a call. It's Where do they shoot it? Thursday night. Where at? Uh, uh, Gordon Street. So over in Elstonwick. While they still can. While they're knocking it down. No, they're not knocking it down. Are it's just the ABC is... Uh, selling it, but they will probably rent it back. It's probably cheaper for them to to do that than than keep it. Right, so economic rationalism. Oh, it's good. It's, it's 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 you know, if you want to get involved, I think you'd probably just go to ABC, do the laundry, put your name down, and they'll send you some invites to it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you go have a take your own tea bag because you won't get anything in the cafe. No, uh, no, I, I, I think yeah, go out and have a grab a beer beforehand, or a coffee, or a hot chocolate. Mm, mm, hot chocolate. Mm, you got me. You got me a hot chocolate. <laughs> the uh, so the thing I'm finding interesting about Dirty Laundry Life is that uh, shows that usually have this format record for about an hour and then cut down to That's about right, 30, yeah. 30 minutes. And I think with Dirty Laundry, you can you can probably see why. Uh, there's there's because there's probably about 15 minutes of great stuff and about 15 minutes of now what were we talking about? How do we get back on track? <laughs> That's- Lawrence does a great job though of of keeping it together live, and uh, I you know I'm a big fan of his. So. Yeah. He should he should have his own talk show. I reckon if this if this is this is not really a talk show, but it's more of a panel. It's like the panel with points with, with unnecessary points, points and um, talking about Kim Kardashian. Yeah, mm. yeah. So Brent, yeah, we'll watch that. Um, after a bit of a dull season, we've got the season final of Game of Thrones. I'm hoping it's going to be exciting. <laughs> Uh, I've got I've got absolutely uh, absolutely nothing. Although I still have that Netflix subscription, and uh, there's a, a Gillian Anderson show called The Fall that uh, UK that, production. Uh, yeah, Scottish. I think I'm, I'm looking I'm looking at uh, at that. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna have have a quick look at that and then scan through everything else on Netflix that I can. Uh, Is Melissa George in that? No. She's in an English. No, show. she was, was that Annette. No, that not, was the one where she got all upset that people were asking her about Angel. Yeah, when she was doing promo for that. She, right. Yeah, that's a terrible. That was a canceled. terrible show where she was uh, uh, like like some kind of spy uh, yeah. running running from the it's r- not running from the. Oh, it's just horrible. Yeah, I oh, could not watch much of that at I all. I think it only got two or three apps out. Yeah, I think it was called Horse Teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Angel Teeth. 
Mackenzie. Yes. Stove pipe hat. I'm taking it off. Oh, please. Uh, please oh. do. Uh, Oh, oh, no. oh, oh, what's all that oh, stuff that fell on the desk? I hit, I hit the roof. Sorry, that's plaster. It's okay. <laughs> oh, that, that, is that and plaster? the hat was pretty close too. Hang yeah. on, you've taken the hat off. Yeah, but perfectly shaped on your head. Mm. What is that? Those are some facts, John. <laughs> facts. That's Josh. Yeah. Yes. As a fact, Josh. my name is Josh. It is. In my defence, I've been talking to John Richards all weekend. Open up with that fact. Uh, yeah, that's a fact. Um, <laughs> I I speak to John Richards an awful lot, uh, and when I when I'm concentrating on something else, I assume that's who I'm talking to. It just saves time. Yeah, that's 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 mm. fair enough. And I am unshaven this week, so also I couldn't see your face because I put the stovepipe hat on the desk in between you and me. <laughs> that's, that's a that's <laughs> a common error. It's me. it's very difficult the stovepipe hat. Very difficult to. Yeah, I don't think I'll be wearing that one again. No, uh, I think I'll move on. Can I try it on? Yes, please do. Oh. Oh. It does make you look taller. Doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Mm. You need a frock coat to go with it, though. That's okay. So let's look at some facts. Some facts, some please, facts. Ben McKenzie. Uh, we were talking about the fact uh, that J.J. Abrams is adapting that Rod Serling screenplay. It is, in fact, the final screenplay that he wrote, uh, according to most sources. Um, and nobody knows much about it. They're keeping it very much under wraps. He mentioned it himself in his final interview. Uh, he said... I just wrote The Stops Along the Way, which is, I think, a lovely script. And that is all the information I could find out about it. So whether wow. it was... Uh, it would have been for television because he, he didn't really write feature films. He wrote for television specifically. And in fact, he's credited as the first person to specifically write drama for television, not a play that was adapted for television or anything like that. So um, it would be for television. Whether it was intended as a miniseries or a series, who knows? Uh, he did do some things after The Twilight Zone. Uh, he had an unsuccessful Western called The Loner, which only ran for about a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, asked him to have more action and less character interaction, and he said no. <laughs> <laughs> so they took it off the air. <gasps> Surly um, Serling, that's what they used to call him. Yeah. Uh, and he also he narrated a couple of shows. He had another anthology show after yeah, I remember, I remember uh, The that. Twilight Zone, um, set in a museum. Uh, but, yeah, so he, uh, he's pretty impressive. So we don't know what that's going to be, uh, but it'll be interesting to find out. He, uh, it, it, it's just while we're still on Rod Serling, because I'm a big fan, if you've got the uh, Twilight Zone box set, some of the special features are him doing, uh, d- doing lectures Yes. So uh, it's just it's just audio of him doing lectures, but it will be about maybe one of the episodes that you have in the actual in the actual show, and he'll be talking about how he didn't think he did a very good job. These are all the things that he would he would do better, and it is a great a, a great lesson for young people on how to just acknowledge that sometimes your own work is shit. That's yeah. re- really impressive. Yeah. Uh, now you're asking about uh, how jokes work and why you might give up making a successful comedy series after several seasons. Mm. Uh, and uh, in fact, most people, when asked about this, would just cite Faulty Towers and say that's why you do it because then you get remembered as a classic and right. not as a show that went downhill and got awful. Uh, which is why some people think there should have only been three seasons of Community. But I'm holding out hope because Dan Harmon is coming back. Yeah, yeah. In, I think in the end we'll discover that there were only four seasons of Community. Yeah, uh, with a two-year break. I I quite liked the the fourth one. I'll go on record saying it. Uh, not as good, but still good. Anyway, that's uh, that's not a fact. That's an opinion. <laughs> I'm straying outside my remit. 
Um, now, we, we also talked about Banshee, the show Banshee. Yes, yes. Um, now, there is a link between one of our news items and one of our reviews this week, which I think is quite interesting. So, uh, in Banshee, the main antagonist, the Ukrainian gangster that you referred to, who is known as Mr. Rabbit mm-hmm. in the show, he's actually played by an English actor named Ben Cross, who was in the Star Trek reboot playing Spock's father, Sarek, which was directed by J.J. <gasps> J. J. Abrams. Ah. Who is making the Rod Serling show? So there you go, a bit of a link there. Okay. Uh, and Anthony Starr, yes, was uh, of course in Outrageous Fortune playing identical twins. Um, Jethro was a lawyer and entrepreneur, Jethro West, and his brother Van is described on Wikipedia, and this is a direct quote, as a mentally restricted slacker. <laughs> I don't know if that means he's wearing a steel band around his brain or what. I mean, I think that's very unusual language. Um, he was also in Shortland Street, but not for very long. Um, apparently, he didn't like the fast pace of the show. He played the brother of a much more popular and longer-running character. Um, and uh, he was also in the 2008 Australian police drama, Rush. Oh. Oh. So, he's been all over the shop. So, about, uh, about panning for gold? Mm-hmm. No, the other Rush. John Waters was in there. Yeah. yeah. John Waters. The John Waters one. That's right. um, I did look it up. Uh, the definition of a whole bunch of cunnilingus is about five minutes in real life, but on television, only 25 seconds counts as a whole bunch. Right. <laughs> Just right. so you're aware. Okay. Um, but it did, it, did feel, it did feel like a long time. It probably would have on mm. television. Uh, I, well, you know, because, yeah, it's, uh, particularly on television, you don't expect to see that on television, although you would expect to see it on Cinemax. Because Cinemax, as you pointed out, yes, is a sister channel to HBO. It's run by HBO. It was created as their answer to the movie channel. And the description of what they primarily broadcast is theatrically released feature films, as well as original action series, soft core pornographic series and films, documentaries, and special behind the scenes features. It did feel at times like we were watching an episode of Red Shoe Diaries. They do make they make an awful lot of softcore porn shows if you look up the list. So that that probably explains it. Um, so it, I mean, you could say the same about HBO, presumably. Mm. Although you don't see as much cunnilingus on, say, Game of Thrones. So no, no, it's more more incest. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it, is, it has been confirmed that it is coming back for a second season in 2014. Uh, another ten episodes. So if you enjoy it, that's good. I don't think there's been any incest in the third season. A fact that I failed to mention in the Banshee, which you, you might you might be interested in, uh, is, is that Alan Ball uh, was uh, the executive producer of Banshee. I saw that, and I picked that you would not uh, like it. Josh. Yeah, I, I, I saw I saw that, and uh, and then thought it, like it gave me a, sh- a shudder to start with because Alan Ball, terrible terrible mm. television series. That's Six uh, Feet Under. Remember that terrible uh, series? Six Feet Under was no no good. And uh, hang on. And then uh, what's what's American Beauty? American Beauty did not Remember like that, that film. Oh, are you joking? Beautiful film. No, no, I am not joking. I did not like American Beauty. So I did not like Six Feet Under. <laughs> I don't like True Blood. I didn't like Five Women Wearing the Same Dress or whatever that horrible play was. I just, I just don't like Alan. But you're Ball. a tremendous fan of Sybil, though. So you should you know give the man props. Sybil, the uh, the TV series. Yes. I I liked I liked Sybil because of Alicia Witt. Yes, uh, that's that's what got me watching Sybil week after week. Uh, I really liked a, a Alicia Witt in it. So okay. I'll watch her in anything. Put her in an Alan Ball script. I'll watch that for sure. Uh, now we also we talked about 
uh, Alan Sappenwall's book, The Revolution Was Televised. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few facts about that. First of all, um, if you want to find out more about the book, head to alanseppenwall.com where you can find out all kinds of information. Um, it is available for sale right now. The edition you have is the second edition, which has a much nicer cover than the first edition. Uh, you can get it on Kindle. It's also on Nook, iBooks, Kobo. So it's lots of different um, versions for ebook readers. There's also an audio book. And uh, on the website, it lists all of that. And then it also says it can also be purchased in Australia, uh, just in case you thought Australia was not part of the rest <laughs> of the world. But there is there is a locally published edition of the book. It's published by uh, local publishers in, in Melbourne called Black Ink Books. Oh, uh, and the local price is $27.99 Australian. Oh. Uh, it's only ten dollars on Kindle, though. So if you got a Kindle, a lot cheaper. But then, but then, local uh, a local business does not yeah. get that money. And if you want a print version, you should buy it from the local customer. Mm. I yeah. would say uh, the title, of course, is a is a reference to the Revolution will not be televised, the famous poem and song by Gil Scott Heron, mm-hmm. um, which has also been used uh, to refer to television previously uh, in the famous sort of rearrangement of that, which is the television will not be revolutionized. Uh, I tried to find the earliest use of that particular version, uh, which I think was a self-released VHS tape from an experimental Columbus band, that's Columbus in Ohio, called the Evolution Control Committee, which would have been in the late 80s. So hard to say if that is the first one, but I think it probably was. Uh, and also it's worth mentioning, if you want to go back and revisit the Box Cutters Golden Age of Television discussions, you can find those on episodes 85 to 98 from way back in 2007. And I've got the official amended list of the golden age of TV shows here. If you'd like very, to hear them. very controversial. But very controversial, especially the. Uh, it seems the, it looks the, controversial. Yeah. Especially with the votes, vote static. It's stacking. not that long. Uh, the, in, in alphabetical order, the shows are Arrested Development, Buffy, Carnivale, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Deadwood, Entourage, Firefly, Futurama, Friday Night Lights, I'm Alan Partridge. The Larry Sanders Show, Lost, Love My Way, Nathan Barley, The Office, Oz, The Shield, Six Feet Under, The Sopranos, South Park, Weeds, and The Wire. It's a and, pretty good list. And then there was a there was a, a late a late acknowledgement. Oh yes, of, and uh, by popular demand, The West Wing. Which mm, not for you, Josh. Mm, mm, for you. Josh doesn't like Aaron Sorkin either. No, I did. I, did, I, did. I, I thought. I thought a few good men was a great. Was was, was a great play mm-hmm. and film. I just. I, and I think. I just think the West Wing doesn't fit in the Golden Age of Television. Anyway, is is that it? Is that it for for facts? Those are all my facts this uh, this week. Ben yes. McKenzie, thank you. Thank you very much. Those are excellent facts. It's we'll a uh, we'll chat to you in pork. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod, cast, done. Pork is on the table. Look, it's it's been brought to my attention, Brett, that I'm I'm becoming known as quite the harsh TV critic. You're a grump. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Oh, yes. wanna, you are. You've heard Josh, haven't you? <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a grump. Not a, not not, not too. You're not. You know. You you you're a jovial grump. But you you know. You're a tautology, <laughs> is what he's saying. <laughs> yes, you are. It's my, it's my favourite Mexican dish. <laughs> I'm, I'm a jovial. Jo- I, I think I'm quite particular. Sure. I'm, I'm particular about what I like, and Alan Ball is not on that list. Mm, mm. 
very much. Even though, even though I, I acknowledge that Six Feet Under has place in uh, in the in the golden age of television. I think that's I, I think that's important. That uh, that the, this show did a lot of things that fit into into that category and got a lot of people watching TV drama when they did not used to watch TV drama. However, I think Alan Ball is also responsible for why Game of Thrones is so shit. I think Alan Ball is. I I, I think I, I draw lines. I draw lines of. Uh, I'm stepping back. <laughs> I, I think he's uh, just light it and run, look, Dave. <laughs> look, I'm just. I'm just not. I'm just not a fan. Sure. I'm just. I'm I just not it, a fan. I think it's good to have. And uh, I'm also also not a fan of uh, of Game of Thrones, but I understand that other people like it and appreciate it. And it's just it's just not for me. Much like Banshee, just not for me. Sure. Does not mean that I think any less of you for for liking that show. Mm-hmm. It just means I'm not inviting you to my birthday. Oh, <laughs> oh that's why. Is that? <laughs> Oh, it's a shower. I got you something really nice. Um, talking about Kiwis, uh, I, I, I felt like I've, I've almost been influenced a little bit accentually. Uh, I had a reviewing of uh, half of the first season of Almighty Johnson's and mm. then the entire second season of that. And uh, the second season worked out a lot better this time, I think, straight off the back of the first. And I'm very much looking forward to the third, which is coming up oh, me too. sometime this year. Second I love the had- second season. It really gets dark and serious for a bit there, which you don't yeah. expect because it's basically a, a soap opera with gods in. Uh, but it's so much fun. I really love that show. It, it, it's, I think it was slow to start the second season. I think they, they had fair. to find their feet again. Yeah. And then and then it really it really picks up and then it's, it's really enjoyable oh, after I that. I went to a big convention in Adelaide the Oz Comic Con and mm. the only person there I even considered getting uh, an autograph from was one of the dwarves from The Hobbit because he played one of the guys in um, one in, of the brothers in, yeah one oh, of the brothers yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like oh shit but I didn't know he was going to be there so I didn't have my DVDs with me it was one of the only it was one of the only things that I liked about uh, The Hobbit as well yeah was uh, seeing his face from time to time yeah it would be him and then his brother was the vampire the original vampire from the English version of Being Human oh right yeah Right, that was uh, in, d- in the pilot of Being Human. No, no, or, from, or from the series, from the series, the UK series. Yeah, I say Did original because it's a spoiler, but he's not in the whole series. I won't say what happens to. Him. But it's like the Darrens. It's like the Darrens in Bewitched. Yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly right. That's, they just recast him. Just, just recast him. Yeah, completely. Well, that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode three hundred and forty-three. Uh, I want to say thanks to everyone for being excellent. You've, you've all done great. I want to say thanks to Alan Serpenwall for writing a, a book mm. that I didn't have to. I want to read that book. He, he wrote, he's writing about all like most of my favourite TV shows. Yeah, it's, it, is, it is really good for just confirming your prejudice. And now, Josh, uh, now that uh, this show is almost over, apart from the bit after the credits, which uh, we, we came up with first, and uh, I think we've been ripped off by uh, Banshee there, um, uh, where can, where, what else is good to listen to? Oh, well, uh, I th- there are these two guys I know who do a podcast all about Doctor Who. Yep. Uh, they, d- they do one a month mm-hmm. uh, for 11 months, talking about each Doctor as, uh, as the year goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're only doing it this year in, in celebration of, uh, of the 50th anniversary of, of Doctor Who. Right, that sounds good. And sounds entertaining. It's, 
Yeah, Ben McKenzie is one of the people in that. Oh yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah, I am too. I totally forgotten Splen- about that. Splendid chaps. That's that's you. Yeah, actually, you know, you know, what we didn't mention in the news is that Matt Smith has announced he's leaving Doctor Who at the end of the year. Oh, so I think we did that. We did last, last week. week. Oh, you we did, did it last yeah. week. Oh, there you go. See, well, we we um now we are the podcast that until recently went to eleven. Because oh. there were eleven doctors. Oh, so now, now there will be more, but not by the end of the year. Not by the end of the fiftieth. Uh, not by the end. Not by the time we finish making episodes, but by the end of the year. You yeah. might have to do a special comeback episode. Yeah. Have you heard? Are, are you in a position to be able to reveal on Boxcutters uh, who, who the next doctor is going to be? Uh, no. There's, there's a lot of speculation. There's always there's, a lot of speculation, and in fact, odds they run live odds. Bit of a push for a string of bell doctor. String of bell dogs. Oh yeah, yes, no, it, he's a big favourite. I don't think it'll be him. He would, he would be, he would be uh, fantastic, as would Bonnie Tyler. And uh, I think Bonnie Tyler would make a great doctor. Because mm. she, she didn't make a great Eurovision contestant, so she's got to do something. <laughs> That's true. I'm not That's sure true. she could run that much. Uh, so sp- splendid chaps. Yes. Uh, so or they could bring back Colin Baker, who is the doctor we're talking about at our next episode, the sixth doctor, uh, on the fifteenth of June. That's a Saturday uh, at four p.m. at Agent two eight four two eighty four Smith Street in Collingwood. You can find out all the details on our website, splendidchaps.com. We've got great guest Tansy Rayner Roberts, who is from the other Doctor Who podcast, Verity, and also Galactic Suburbia, the sci-fi podcast. Uh, we have Zen Fletcher, who's an enthusiastic fan and uh, cosplayer, because our theme is costumes in Doctor Who. Oh, we can fun. talk about the outfits that the Doctors wear and the amazing different array of costumes. Because what other show really do they have to do Regency dress, historical accurate costumes, and then also spacemen? Mm. None. I, re- I remembered a- another thing that we forgot to mention. I'll talk about that after I talk about my other podcast. Yes. Which is called The Nudge. It's a Hey Dad uh, fan fic <laughs> show. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not... But that is making me rethink the title. It's not my title. I didn't come up with uh-huh. it. I, I'd know. Anyway, it's called The Nudge. It's all, all about being a better designer. Uh, so it, it is about the design world. And we speak to uh, d- developers and clients of designers to find out from their eyes and ears and mouths uh, how dealing with a designer could be a much nicer process. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's funny about how the other half leaf did a live event last Wednesday and we'll be doing one monthly uh, uh, where we uh, spoke to our first developer mm-hmm. on, on how to deal with designers. So that will be up on the internet at thenudge.com.au, thenudge.com.au uh, in the coming weeks. But there are four other episodes that, uh, that you can listen to. Mm-hmm. Also, a couple of weeks ago, we had... Uh, uh, Shane from Leon Gaffer, the uh, the show that I keep saying the name incorrectly. Oh, Leon Gaffer. Leon Gaffer. It's not even spelt that way. Leon Gaffer. Leon Gaffer. Uh, Channel 31's Leon Gaffer <laughs> is coming to the big screen. The six-part television series is being cut into a theatrical-length feature film to be entered into various indie uh, film festivals and uh, will be... Oh, he says a funny thing here. To sit, to sit on your DVD shelf, which between Leonard Part 6 and Leprechaun 2, Back to the Hood. Oh, <laughs> Leonard Part 6. That's good. I've seen that it. Is, that, is, that is good in a way that Ghost Dad was excellent. Yes. Yeah, Le- Leonard Part 6 was good in the same way that Ghost Dad was excellent. That makes sense. Uh, so if you missed Lean Gather on uh, TV, you can go to the Kino in Melbourne on Collins Street on July 11th and, uh, and see it uh, in its full form for a one-off. 
theatrical event. Tickets are $15, but a $25 ticket includes a two-DVD box set Mm. containing all the episodes, and there'll be door prizes and heaps of stuff. So we'll uh, we'll put that information up on the Box Cutters site, and you can find out a little bit more. Sorry, Dave, it looked like you were going to say something. No. Are you up to anything? What do you mean? Shed show. Are you doing any more shed shows? I think I'm going to make uh, an episode of the shed show on the 29th, but it might not be the 29th. <laughs> it might be two weeks after that. Right. But if people want to be in the audience of the shed show, yeah. can they email us and say, Yeah, sure. And say, Can you put us in touch with Dave? Yeah, oh, it's a small shed, but. Um, if it fits what? Maybe 10, <laughs> 10, 10, 10 15. People? I could bring um, my what? own hammer to make some room. Yeah, no, just like because then I feel like I belong in the shed. <laughs> it's, yeah, bring your hammer. Bring it. It's BYO. It is BYO hammer. Yeah, great. Anyway, um, yeah, for sure. I've, um, I haven't made one for a year. Really? So it's kind of a one a year thing at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> it just fought, gets harder and harder. It's not harder and harder. It just you want to make it bigger and bigger. So I think last time one of the guys who was helping me out with the doing the cameras, he's gone. Oh, I've got a crane. I might bring a crane along. <laughs> I was like, all right, okay. You know, there, is sure. a, there are these great... Uh, then you'll have to take the roof off. Oh, no, oh, no, it's getting to that. <laughs> there are these great cameras that you can put on uh, uh, Quattro helicopter uh, drones. That's what I want. That's, that's what you, and then you can do. aerial shots. Yeah, do aerial shots in the show. For the opening titles, I want it to fly through the city and then come into... That would be amazing. Like Letterman. That would be amazing. Yeah, I'll let you know, so maybe you could help me out with some more. Yeah, yeah, I think we can we can sort that out. It's a great show. Great. It's a great show. want to support it. Thank you, guys. Until the next week, my name is Josh Canal. David Lawson. Ben McKenzie. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening. Box Cutters catches again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters is produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and John Richards and help from Courtney Hocking and Dave Lawson. John Richards edited this episode. Peter Wilson from Soup Giant is the man behind making sure you can actually download stuff. He's good that way. We'd like to thank 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world, for letting us use their studios to record this podcast. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you listen to radio the old-fashioned way. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can show your appreciation by leaving a positive review on iTunes or maybe just telling some friends what they're missing out on. You can also donate actual cash money to us by using the donate button at the top of our website. Donating helps keep the show alive and makes us smile. Our website is boxcutters.net and you can find all sorts of ways to contact us there. So, uh, Brett, you know, during the show... Sometimes we leave gaps for John to edit in certain bits or edit out certain bits, mm-hmm. and the audience doesn't know uh, about that. True. And we speak to him, and he, he, never, he, he never responds. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Gutters.